You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Morning, everybody. You're warm enough? No, neither am I. So, um, actually, it's me talking with William in the middle, and um, so uh, I'm just going to bring in a little introduction and then I'm going to bring a little conclusion at the end as well. But um, the, the topic we're going to be using um, leading up to Christmas actually is we're going to be looking at different things to do with faith sharing, sharing our faith, sharing what we have with other, with other people. So I've called it Share the Love this morning and um, I wanted to um, just start by looking at Romans chapter 1 verse 16 where the Apostle Paul starts to lay out in the first three chapters of Romans, he, he, he lays out this almost like a court case where in chapter one, he's, um, he's bringing to the, the attention of the jury and, uh, and, and the, um, the judge the, the wickedness of the world. And um, there's, there's kind of three groups of people really, or maybe two, um, but I, I, the first group of people is, is those that aren't religious and they could be split into two groups of, of the godless and the wicked. Okay, and um, that, so the religious would be reading chapter one thinking, yeah, you godless, wicked people, you are so bad. Um, and he lists some of the awful sins, and, um, but he's building a case. He's trying to make a case. He's trying to say something here. And Paul is saying, um, after he's said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which is the good news about Jesus. Um, but look at the world. Isn't it a mess? Aren't these people doing wicked things? Aren't there these wicked people? And aren't there these godless people? And the religious people, maybe they're in the jury if it's a court case. Uh, they're going, yeah, aren't they bad? So what are you going to do about it, God? And then you flip over to chapter two and he says, and you religious people, you're just as bad. And they're like, what? It was all a setup. Um, you're just as bad because you do the same things, but you're just religious with it. And um, so it comes to the conclusion that nobody is righteous. Nobody's good enough. No one's good enough for God. And this is the gospel that Paul is not ashamed to say. I'm not ashamed to say we're all wicked. We're all godless. Even the religious people who think they've got it all taped up, they haven't. And then he goes to their, um, their ancestry and talks about Abraham, who's the father of their faith. And, um, but Abraham wasn't actually justified through his obedience to the law. He was justified. He was credited as righteous because he obeyed God and he trusted God. His, his, God was, yeah, he had to have faith. And he had faith in God before he obeyed any laws or any commands. And this is the gospel that Paul's not ashamed of. This whole idea that through Jesus, we can have faith and reach God, not through our righteousness, not through obedience. And, and then by, the, by chapter seven of Romans, he's, he's talking like he's in a real pickle because he's, he's telling you what it would be like if you were to try and reach goodness by obeying a legal structure or a, a, um, a religious structure. And he says, do you know what? The, the, I try and live right and I want to do right, but then I go and do wrong. And the things I don't want to do, I do them. And the things I do want to do, I don't do them. I'm just a wretch. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. And this is the gospel that Paul is not ashamed of. 
And sometimes we, we try and dress church up and make, it, uh, make, make faith sharing about bringing people to church. It's not about bringing people to church. It's about introducing them to this news, this good news about Jesus, that, that we can access heaven's riches now because of Jesus. However wretched and poor we are, we can access Jesus Soul winning, is, soul winning is not about um, putting bums on seats in here. Who'd want to get cold in here on a Sunday morning? Soul winning is about introducing people to Jesus. It's about kingdom extension. Soul winning is not about increasing the numbers of our church membership. It's about introducing people to Jesus. And, and a couple of weeks ago, it was either last week or the week before, I had this word that hasn't left me. And, the, and it's just three words, be the bridge. And God's just calling us to be the bridge. The bridge not between, oh yeah, I can get people to come to church. So, so there's this, this is person who doesn't know Jesus. And then there's me, I'm the bridge. And then there's Brixham Community Church. It, it, that's not it. I mean, that might be part of it. That might be involved. You're the bridge between that person and Jesus. And you're not ashamed of Jesus. And I was thinking this morning about this, and there's all sorts of bridges. There's ramshackle wooden bridges and there's huge suspension bridges, but everybody needs a bridge to Jesus. I know Jesus is kind of this, you see this image of, of, um, that people draw sometimes of, of, of God and then us on the other side and there's this big chasm between us and, and the cross bridges the gap between us and God. That's all right. I'm not talking about that sort of thing. I'm just saying, just actually, just to get people to access that information, you're the bridge. You're the bridge. And, and you might feel like you're a ramshackled old bridge who, um, who actually, if someone walked across you, you might fall to pieces. But there's someone who can get to God through you. There's someone who can reach God through you. And maybe you're, the, you're just exactly positioned right. Because if they had to find God another way, to cross the chasm of their sin to find God or to find Jesus, the real answer, they'd have to walk upstream for 10 miles and then find this other bridge that they don't really like. You're just the perfect bridge for somebody. You might feel ramshackled. I was thinking this morning about this bridge and, and, and the, how there were different types of bridge and, and all that sort of thing. But also that bridges need support, don't they? And you need support. And I just felt like... Um, very often with bridges, there's bits of bridges that you don't, just don't even see. And the Lord just said, that's prayer. And, and, and I feel like God is, is teaching me to pray and pray more and to pray through and not to pray about. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Just don't underestimate the power of prayer. And I say that as one who God is saying that to me and I'm waiting to see some of the fruit of, of digging deeper into God and, and pressing into the presence and pressing into prayer. So this bridge you've got to be between this person that you might even be thinking about now that's not in touch with God uh, and you've got to be this bridge. God wants to use you. I just pray about it and pray and pray and the bridge will strengthen and they'll, they'll find it easy. And, and the, other, the other thought about being the bridge was the pressure's off. It's the Spirit will lead them across the bridge. No one comes except the Holy Spirit draws them and the pressure's off. All you've got to do is just stay in touch with that person. All I've got to do is just make sure that my neighbour, who I've got some contact with, when there's an opportunity, I let the conversation continue rather than I'm too busy. I only came out to bring the wheelie bin back in and, and I've got something going on in the, in the house and I want to get back to that thing that I was doing. 
And it's just saying, I'm just going to let that conversation develop. It doesn't even matter if it's not about God. You just want to know people. You just want to get to know people more. He wants you to be the bridge and he wants you not to be ashamed of this gospel. You know, the first thing Jesus said to some of his disciples was, follow me and I'll teach you to catch people. It's not follow me and I'll solve all your problems or follow me and I'll give you a life of ease. It's follow me and let me, let me be absolutely upfront. There's no small print here. It's all in big letters. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. If you follow me, you're going to be catching people. That's the remit. And so there were his first words to a lot of his, some of his disciples and his last words were not that dissimilar. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So I just felt compelled to talk about faith sharing and, uh, and, and I'll be doing that again um, after next week and, and I'll be doing some more stuff on that and I think Vez has got some thoughts for next week as well and we want to make it really practical but um, I want to make it really practical and easy just to think about how you can just chat to people and, and talk about this whole idea of relational evangelism and, and developing a culture of relational evangelism but while I want it to be practical I just feel the, the spirit of God saying but it's spiritual John while it's practical and easy just to chat to someone like and chat to Karen and chat, Karen can chat to someone she's, she's volunteering with or working with and that's just all practical and easy. Um, there's something spiritual going on and there's got to be a lot of prayer. We've got we've to be talking in spiritual ways. We've got to be thinking about the heavenlies and, and, and plundering heaven with our prayers. And so there's something spiritual going on as well. It's not just practical. It's not, this isn't going to be sales techniques. So underneath everything that we're doing, I just feel like God's saying, just get into prayer. If, 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 if all you could do about this whole thing, you know it's kind of right and everyone feels like they don't do enough evangelism. If I did a show of hands, everybody would say, I don't pray enough, I don't do enough evangelism. We all beat ourselves up. But if, if there's one thing you can do, just ask God to give you a heart for having a heart for the lost, if it's that bad, you know. Ask, ask God to help you to care. Um, and one of the people that I think has come into our church has been a great example to us is William. And so rather than bang on about it theoretically to you from the Bible, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd ask a real practitioner to get up here and, and just talk a little bit. So will you welcome William to the mic? That one or that one? Yeah. Thank you very much, John. It's, uh, I'm so glad, I'm so grateful for the Great Commission. Um, because if it wasn't for the Great Commission, uh, I would never have heard. And uh, for me, it started at university. Um, I was a nominal Christian. Went to university, no thoughts of God. Um, very empty. Um, but nonetheless, I was there. Um, almost the first people I met were Christians. I remember sitting in the hall of residence, having a meal, and sat, sat opposite me was a little short man. His name was Peter, and uh, he was very upfront. He said, um, almost straight away, would you come to our Bible study? And I said, oh, 
Well, I might do. I had no intention of going. Uh, so I wasn't there. I expect he was a di- bit disappointed. But Peter was a bit like our cat. We've got an amazing cat. This morning we were sitting at breakfast. There were, we've got two friends with us, four seats. And every time one of us got up to do something, the cat was on the seat. We pushed him off, someone else got up, the cat was on that seat. The cat never gave, gives up. And as a wonderful illustration, um, because uh, Peter and his Christian friends, they didn't give up on me. They, just, they stopped inviting me to Bible studies. Um, but they were good friends. And um, I felt so relaxed with them because I felt I didn't have to kind of put on a face uh, to be someone that I wasn't. I was always putting a face on. Um, But they became my friends. And over the months of that first uh, year at uh, university, I I began to uh, think a bit more about what they had to say. They gave me a John's Gospel. I went to one or two meetings, which I found very challenging, and, uh, and that was that, really. Um, but the beginning of the next uh, year, the uh, October of the next year, that was 1989. Um, sorry, yeah, 1989. Um, I met with the Lord. He really convicted me and showed me that he was real and that he, he died for me and I needed his mercy and forgiveness. I needed to be saved and it was a very much a, a challenge and encounter. And that was the beginning. But I was a very shy person. And uh, the first thing that happened, I went home and spoke to another of my friends in the Hall of Residence. I said, I've become a Christian tonight. And he said, oh no, you haven't, have you? Uh, that wasn't a very good start. And then my Christian friend said, well, you know, you have to tell people about Jesus now you're a Christian. I thought, oh, no, because I was very shy. And they said, well, pray that God will give you a desire. And I think he did. Um, and the Great Commission got into my blood as well and uh, came to London to work Um, joined a church and uh, had this sense people need to know about Jesus but still feeling inadequate and and fearful and then God called me to London City Mission Uh, and uh, I had such a shaky start because well it was so difficult and uh, I don't know how I got through those first those early days it was the grace of God I can tell you and um, but it was there, and I learned slowly and slowly but surely um, how to reach people. And uh, one of the most helpful scriptures was uh, next. Who's got the clicker? Great. Uh, this one in uh, in Colossians: Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Let your con- make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, 
seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. A passage full of instruction. And the first uh, line says, devote yourselves to prayer. The key to effective disciple making is our own personal relationship with Jesus. Because the Christian life is all about a partnership with Jesus. Every moment of every day, he is with us. He walks with us and he talks with us. And uh, as his life flows through us, then through our words and actions, he is revealed to people. That was what was happening to me at university. I didn't know it, but that's what was happening through my Christian friends. And uh, it's not just for us as individuals, the whole body is involved. We're all involved. I went to the hairdressers a few days ago um, and uh, sat down in the chair and uh, I started, and the lady started chatting to me and uh, it was nice and telling, and then I said, well, I'm going to London because my niece is getting married. We talked a bit about marriage and uh, I told her that I was a Christian and my wife and I, we uh, had Jesus in our marriage and then uh, she went on talking about her niece and she said my niece was um, such a troubled person and uh, a drug taker and into all sorts uh, and then she decided to join the army and that, that helped her but she said I was so surprised because she started going to church and her whole life has turned round and now she's married and settled and so that gave me an opportunity to say more about the Lord. And I'm quite sure that niece has been praying for her auntie. And that's why I had the opportunity. We're all connected, you see. Not only are we to pray, but we're to be watchful and thankful. Because when you start praying, God starts to do things. We're to be ready. When we came to Brixham, um, the Lord began to show us that his great concern was for the road where we live. Because as we walked round, walked through the close from time to time on our walking around, we, we kept bumping into people. And because we were strangers, uh, we thought we'd better tell them who we are, otherwise we'll think we're some, you know, we'll keep, they keep seeing us in the close. Uh, so we said, well, we're, we're, we're new. And we told them who we were, and they told us who we were. They were, sorry. And um, I went home, and I made a note. Name, house number. And uh, then we had the opportunity to have a garden party for the, the Queen's birthday. The Lord made it showed us that that's what we should do. And that gave us another opportunity to actually go and invite people. And it was very scary. And we, we found that people were saying, yes, we want to come. And I, I thought, gosh, we're going to have so many. How are we going to cope? And Christine said, we'll carry on inviting them. We did. And thanks to friends from this wonderful community, you helped us. And we had a, a really good time with the Red Arrows you might remember 
in 2016. So God moved us and then um, another neighbour said this year, we've been thinking about the royal wedding. Another neighbour said, well, you will be having a, a garden party for the royal wedding, won't you? So we knew God was saying yes. Because you see, when you pray, God speaks. And uh, we believe the important thing is to keep praying for our neighbours. And uh, so we pray regularly and daily for them. Um, and we know a bit more about them. And so they're not just names, they're, they're friends. So we're thankful and we're watchful. And, and uh, Paul goes on, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. We all need to pray for each other in our outreach because Satan has blinded people's eyes and is holding them in captive. There is always a resistance to the gospel. It's a struggle. I remember before I was a Christian at university and my roommate had become a Christian and then one day he brought in a brand new Bible and I thought, oh, keep away. There was that resistance. There was that struggle going on and that's what's happening because it is a battle and we must pray. We must pray for, for each other. And it's interesting that Paul is writing this from prison in Rome. So his circumstances weren't very good for reaching out to people. He couldn't travel around preaching the gospel as he had been. But God gave him a new opportunity to write not only the letter to the Colossians, but to the Ephesians and the Philippians and to Philemon. What a wonderful opportunity to spread the gospel through letters. That's something else we can do. And also to reach those who are guarding him. And your situation is unique. You have people that only you can reach. And you may be the key. And you feel, may feel very restricted by your circumstances. But God is able. I had a friend who, who uh, fell down his an open floorboard broke his hip and shouted out, praise the Lord. Then he was in hospital and he found that he could speak to the man in the next bed. He told him about the writing on the wall in Daniel. And then other people came to his bedside to hear about Jesus. You see, God used that situation, a bad situation, for great good. Paul goes on, proclaim that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. We struggle with our own fear of rejection. But the right time, we will get the opportunity and God will give us boldness and the right words to say if we will keep praying. We had a situation, um, we had a, a dear friend, uh, and uh, he, he had a stroke. 
and thankfully got into hospital quickly and uh, it didn't get, it was, he wasn't too serious, but he faced the fact up, faced the fact of he could have died. And that meant, meant that when we went to see him, uh, he was ready to be confronted with eternal issues, a right time. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Have to be like our cat. Consistent friendliness. Making time to really listen to people. And really hear from them. Whatever they may want to talk about, listen. Keep your promises. Acts of, of kindness. You might see a friend who looks really downcast. If they're a lady, a bunch of flowers doesn't do, doesn't go amiss, does it? Just little things that can mean so much. But it's also receiving from people. It's not just about us giving, it's about receiving. Receive people's hospitality. When, I, uh, when, when Christine and I used to, to visit people, um, we would almost always accept a cup of tea or coffee, whether he wanted one or not. There was only one case, we went to one door and we just thought I, we really couldn't face those mugs. But, um, so I'm afraid we had to turn that one down. But receive from people, receive their advice. Ask them for help. All these things connect us deeply with, with those around us. If you find all this rather difficult then do it afraid. As God guides you. Because it is fearsome and, and we, we do have fears. It's not simple. There's a battle going on. But God will give you the grace. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Another a dear friend of mine um, uh, got to know him quite well and uh, we sort of communicate on a practical level. Um, and then uh, this, this friend of mine started telling me about his family and his struggles with forgiveness. And that very day I went home and uh, Christian and I, we had our sort of Bible reading and we were using a devotional from Joyce Mayer and it was all about forgiveness and it was so encouraging and I felt prompted to give him, my friend, a copy of this daily, that particular piece from the devotional so I did and I gave it to him the next day and he said, with a twinkle in his eye, he said, you're trying to save me, aren't you? And I said, yes. We still have a great relationship. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful.
So in a sense, we've got a responsibility and yet I've got this message for you that the pressure's off because the Holy Spirit will do the work. So a lot of the time, what you're doing is just being a normal, decent human being and getting to know people. I'm going to show you um, five minutes of a clip and then we're finished. And in that clip, you're going to find, um, it's just the first five minutes of a 30-minute thing, which I'm going to show on Wednesday night. Um, you may know um, the guy who paraphrased the whole Bible called the Message Translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase, really, called Eugene Peterson. He, he died this week. Um, but he was involved in making this 30-minute film. And he was um, a... A, a lecturer, if you like, at a seminary where a pastor was sent by him to go and learn two things, to know and to be known by other people. And as a pastor, he, he would spend a long time wanting to prepare the perfect sermon, but he, he realised he had to slow down and there's, there's actually a fear of being known. I'm a lot more comfortable asking people about themselves. I'm a great coach. I'll just ask them and ask them and ask them about themselves. But if they ask about me, I don't really want to share too much. There's a fear of being known. But this pastor, he, he went to a small community and he had to just get in with the people and get to know them and get one-to-one. -one. And although that was just about a pastor's experience, I just think that's for everybody here. Uh, and the, the, the video isn't all about evangelism. It's just about being one of God's children in this world and, uh, and fighting against this relentless drive to, to be faster and to be more technologically advanced. Um, not that I'm against all those things, but just to the things that they distract us from. So we have this responsibility. Um, on another slide, I've got this short verse that says, we're co-workers in God's service. And everything you've heard William say, and everything I said before about being the bridge, is so important. But let's not forget, as I said before, it is a spiritual battle as well. And we've got to be praying. We've got to be realising that it is the Spirit who will convince and convict people of, of where they are and, and they draw, he draws people to himself uh, and, and he's got to do that work. You've got to leave some work for God, you know? And sometimes I've seen people in evangelism doing too much work in evangelism. Try, and it's good to argue and it's good to philosophize with those who want to engage with debate, but let's not neglect prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. So watch these five minutes and then I'll get up and pray. Brilliant. So it's called Godspeed, which is a term reinvented for this film to mean let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let's go at his speed. There are people in the pathway of your day that the Holy Spirit might just prompt you to spend 30 seconds longer with or even five minutes longer with. And it's about knowing and being known and asking the Holy Spirit to move in those moments. Uh, there's a prayer table at the back. There was. Where's it gone? It's over there. If, if you want prayer today, who's on prayer? Who's going to be sitting there? George and Margaret are going to be sitting there. And, and if, if you want someone to pray with you just for a little bit of boldness, just to not be ashamed of the gospel, it's a great opportunity to go and pray with, with George and Margaret or for, for any other reason at all. But right now, I'm just going to close this meeting with a prayer generally for us all. Let's pray.
Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the great commission. Thank you that you called us in order to send us. And we are all sent into our homes, into our families, into our neighbourhoods, into our workplaces to, to, to be the bridge between you and lost, hurting people. And I just pray that just this short thinking this morning will start to germinate in people's hearts and minds and people will start to, to recognise moments in their day, tomorrow, Tuesday and beyond, recognise moments in their day where you, Holy Spirit, are just nudging them to ask that extra question or just say that extra thing that you prompt us and give us boldness, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.